Jen's once pretty bedspread was drenched with hers. It dripped onto the carpeted bedroom floor in a thick, heavy pool. He wouldn't be surprised if it had already soaked through the floor to the apartment below. Someone was going to have a bitch of a time cleaning that out. God damn it, the body was still warm. Her keys and half-opened purse were on the floor, and the ruins of a business outfit pillowed her mutilated body. It looked like the killer had surprised her as she arrived home from work. There was no sign of forced entry, which meant she had thought she had reason to trust him. Had the killer posed as a utility or maintenance worker, or was he an acquaintance? If Real didn't find anybody else to open the whoop-ass on, he could always save it for himself. If he had made the connections a little faster, if he had heard back from the Jacksonville PD a little sooner, if he had run the internet database searches right away instead of jawing over ideas with his new boss, Weir Sentinel and Griffin Bain, this pretty lady might still be alive. God damn it, this was partly his fault. He needed to call HQ, but... Real did a slow swivel, his sharp eyes noting every detail of the place. The Vic's home was a tiny, postage-stamp-sized one-bedroom on the top floor of a four-story walk-up. It was furnished with space-saving IKEA decor. To Real, the Vic had kept the apartment so warm it felt stifling. A flat-screen TV was mounted on one wall. Every small apartment dweller in New York must have cheered when that innovation came out. There were plants and books and shit, such as a tangle of female frippery on a bedroom dresser. He nudged closets open, and they were full of normal stuff. Clothes, shoes, coats, and a few umbrellas and small boxes. A Thursday paper was folded on a Barbie doll-sized dinette table, alongside an open box of holiday decorations, with an elegant, feathered, and sequined half-mask perched on top. Christians had Christmas— Jews had Hanukkah, and the universal African holiday celebration was Kwanzaa. For the elder races, winter solstice was the time to celebrate the seven primal powers in the Mask of the Gods. The Vic had been in the middle of decorating her home for next week's Festival of the Mask. Maybe she had planned on attending one of the many balls that were held throughout the city. The mask was a nice one, the kind one wore and passed down to one's kids— It had set someone back a paycheck or two. Maybe she had looked at it with happy memories and anticipation. All in all, the apartment was pretty typical for the city, and a perfectly charming place for a petite, 135-pound single female like the Vic. Real stood six foot five and topped 263. He had only recently decided to domesticate himself from 96 roaming years spent as a captain in the weir Lord Dragos Wellabre's army. He was used to a rugged lifestyle and spending a lot of time outdoors, often in inclement weather. To him, the small, overheated place felt claustrophobic. There was no doubt in his mind the killing itself was the reason for the invasion— Her jewelry still lay scattered on the dresser, and the corner of a wallet was visible in her open purse. It looked like nothing had been taken, unless the killer had snipped off a little something from one of the organs to keep as a souvenir, which would have to be determined by an autopsy. He just couldn't shake the sense of someone else being present. He was looking for some kind of freaking giveaway— Someone's eye peering out from behind a closet door, or a webcam stuffed in a cute pink bunny. 
He even scoped the snow-covered scene outside the window to see if someone was watching from another building. As he searched, he took in deep, even, deliberate breaths. The heavy copper scent of blood pervaded everything. It all but buried the Vic's normal scent. There were other odors that he classified as normal and dismissed, like the faint lingering scent of fried fish and some floral stink that came from a bowl of potpourri. If Real had been in his weir form, his wolf would have had a sneezing fit at the potpourri and looked for the fish to roll in. He noted two other very interesting things. He could taste faintly at the back of his throat a chemical tinge that hung in the air around the Vic, along with the smell of rubber. He would bet his next week's paycheck that the killer had worn rubber gloves and that the chemical taint was K.O. Odorless Odor Eliminator, handy tool of deer hunters and weir criminals everywhere. He would have expected the gloves, but using the K.O.